podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True Green. Today. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un Fileo Fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. with me Jamie home a day earlier than usual as we have a carnage united special planned for tomorrow with Grizz and his boys and plus off the back of the news of Liverpool's latest financial report breaking today we thought it was the perfect chance to discuss the impact that could have on the club's summer spending and what the squad could look like next season so joining me tonight to do just that we have Keith, Grizz and Phil. We finally get to do a podcast together after far too long, my friend. How are you? Good evening, James. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very good. What's the crack? Not, I want to be referred to as Philip tonight, right? That's uh, tonight's Tuesday and I want my full title. Um, and just uh, and that's that's what I've decided. A bit like when Andy Cole decided to become Andrew Cole, I'm now going to be referring myself. What was you last night? What was I last night? Captain yeah. COVID. Oh, no, Joe Bloss. Yeah. No, Joe no Captain COVID tonight, please. No <laughs> Captain COVID. <laughs> uh, so it's good to good to have you on, mate. So what, what we're going to do tonight, lads, because there's been a little bit of a uh, little bit of noise online, obviously, about the, the news of Liverpool's um, financial reports that have been released today. And it sparked off lots of conversation around FSG spending in the summer, people panicking that we're not going to have uh, money to spend. Um, we've spoke a little bit off air and we've all got our own opinions. And I'm going to come to you first, Philip if I may, uh, because obviously you've spent a little bit of time, you were just telling us, diving into the accounts and probably can shed a little bit more light than than maybe some of uh, the others. Uh, look, I, I, you know, not getting into the private license, but anyway, the, I had a look at the accounts. I went, I, I went into the, the full set of the accounts rather than just the statement that was released um, to try to get in behind the numbers and see what it all looks like. Um, because I think really when you delve into the numbers, it, it takes you past the statement that's there and asks you about and, and gives you sort of real, real information behind what's going on. Um, the key bit for me was was really looking at what this is saying to us because this doesn't cover last summer's transfer period. It covers the previous summer's transfer period, so the 1920 season. So that's what we're looking at in terms of up to last May. And it only covers three months of no crowds back in being in Anfield and, and that disruption that happened from from the March 
right the way through to the close down. Obviously, at that stage when when they finished up at the end of May, and um, there was no football being played because we had they weren't sure when they were coming back to finish off the season. If the season this season was going to be delayed, if we remember the conversation at that stage was, or was it going to be a curtailed season or whatever it was? So that's all framing um, those set of accounts when you look at the statements that are in there. And the, I've noticed tonight on um, the cesspit that social media, uh, everyone is up in arms about the going concern statement that's in the set of accounts. Most companies, if they have a significant level of risk attaching to what's going to happen on going to happen over the next twelve months, and um, that's required them to finance or require some equity injection or some level of debt to be used to manage through the cash flow situation, will set up that there's a, a going concern with the business, right? And they will set out why they believe the business is, go- is going to be a going concern. And if this wasn't addressed, that they would have. Um, they would have to ask the question as to whether they could continue in operations. That's exactly what Liverpool said. That's exactly what's in there, right? Um, the 46 million quid is almost front-loading what they're expecting to have to pay back in terms of the commercial revenue from the, from the television. The, there isn't much in ter- to be concerned about in the account itself, and it's interesting to see that FSG have already availed of a loan facility back in January. Now, whether that was in anticipation of something happening or they were planning to have a bigger summer, if you want to go with that lines, also to cover off the cost of the revamp of the training ground because the facility they have, it covers all costs. They've, they've called it out that this isn't just a uh, capex or a, um, a facilities bill. This is to cover working capital or any other corporate expenses that come up for the club itself. Um, if we look at, at comparative losses with the likes of City where they announced 120 million loss, we look at this loss that's there, it's relatively small. But look, the real impact of this, 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 the real impact for us is going to be these the accounts next year, right? That's where you get 12 months of no crowds. That's where you get 12 months impact. And that's where, look, for, from an FSG perspective, looking at what the player acquisitions were and then the, the, the player sales were in terms of what goes through the cash flow statement that's in there, you can understand why they were potentially cautious across the two windows, right? In there, there was about, I think there was the proxy for what we have to spend in a summer is, is, is the cash and cash equivalents that sits in the accounts. Now, I'm, I'm telling anyone who needs it, it's, it's a proxy. It's not um, a finite line because it's much more um, detailed than that. But the proxy for what we have to spend in the summers in there, and there was 37 million in cash and cash available in those set of accounts. And if you look at what we spent then on Jota and, and Thiago, um, and that becomes amortized over the course of the contracts that they signed with us as well, essentially, that's essentially where it is. And if you look, those, they probably kept back maybe 15, 20 mil in terms of funds to be available to use in, say, December which then is never realised because of what's happened since then with the lack of fans, the lack of matchday revenue. And matchday revenue, look at what it is, is about £85 million. The wage bill itself was up, um, but we should expect it to be up. We, we had renegotiations, we had new contracts, and we also won a Champions League and we won a league title <laughs> in that space of time. So those bonuses were due to be paid to players, and they probably recognised them. I'm not sure, I couldn't get in, as I said, I haven't got... Um, into the depths of what I'm not sure if they've if they'd already recognised the payments of the bonuses for winning the league in the last financial year because normally that's the 31st of May. The they league, have recognised that. They have. That, I, I didn't get like I said. I, I went into it, but um, looking at it, then they have taken the cost essentially for winning the Champions League and winning the league in the space in a 12 month cycle. Because if you remember, the Champions League final was on June, the year we won it. 
not in the May. So that falls into the same financial year. So it's expected to see what's happened. Um, and we should st- I'd expect to see some more wage inflation, but that should be commensurate with the amount of money that we're increasing in the commercial turnover so that the percentages of wages to turnover doesn't increase massively year on year. But with the way things have gone and with the fall off and the TV revenue, et cetera, around us, we will see an increase this year in terms of what's there. So um, all being told, people are panicking when they see the 46 million. They've, they've, they've decided that there's no money available for us there to spend in the summertime. Um, and of course, this Hold on, is people, this... people on social media jumping to conclusions and panicking, Phil. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yes, mate. This yes, mate. Yeah. 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 So, but, but look, sorry, sorry. sorry go on. No, no, no. no all, 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 all I'm going to say is that in, in relative terms to where you'd expect us to be for what's gone on over the last year, we haven't sunk the ship yet. We haven't got into serious issues. And the debt, even that they've taken on, is manageable for the turnover and the amount of repayments we have to make. It's a revolving facility, so everything that we pay back is still available for us to use then over the, over the remaining five years. So think of it like this. If we had to use $150 million, which I think we used in these accounts, right, and they repay some of that facility, you still have that available <coughs> to use if we want to go out and sign players or if we need to go and expand them on, this, on the stand that they're planning to build for the Anfield Road end or they want to go and do something else on the corporate side. So it's not a perfect situation it's not like the owners are saying in those those accounts that they're going to lash a load of money into the into the into the into the club in fact they're they're confirming that they are sticking to their model which is the club finances itself and by being able to use a, a, a loan facility to maintain the position of the business the cash position of the business they have stuck to this as a whole. So anyway, that's that's a quick read. I haven't got into. I'm sure Swiss Ramble and Mo Chatter will do their brilliance in terms of what's there. But in terms of going through it quickly and having a quick analysis this evening, well, just before I started watching Escape to the Chateau, uh, that's the best I could come up with. Felt like I, I was back at university, Chateau. back at university there in the economics class. Jeez, lads, I'm not going to lie. I, ha- I hadn't I hadn't gone through the through the accounts or whatever. But Phil Casey has absolutely nailed it. In layman terms, let me put it into layman terms because he's confused the fuck out of everyone listening and watching, right? <laughs> so, so basically, cut a very long story short, he's absolutely nailed it. We there's not a club in the Premier League that wasn't going to produce um, uh, accounts that showed profit. Yeah. Absolutely, not a chance. And basically, we're stable in a pandemic. In a in a in a time of where where clubs have absolute, you know, no money and, and and scrambling debts and all sorts, right? We are stable. Our debt is manageable, and that's the key word here. It's manageable. They've uh, was it forty six million, uh, Phil? They said forty six million. Um, it's a, it's it's, it's, a, it's a forty six million loss pre tax. So that's yeah. that's that, that's that's nothing. Honestly, honestly, I mean. Why am I saying nothing like I understand finance and stats and accounts? But 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 look, in comparison to sort of many clubs out there, and I'm not sticking up for FSG here. I'm just trying to give it perspective and context. Looking at because we have to compare it to everyone else, right? We can't just look at us in isolation and just say, look, oh my God, we're 46 million debt. We said we're never going to be in debt. No, we never said that, or FSG never said that. Um, there's also things in there that haven't been taken into consideration. Of course, um, we have eight new sponsors come on board as well. Eight new sponsorship deals that haven't been in taken into, into into consideration. The Nike sales are ve- ve- going very, very well, and I expect it to go 
overboard they, they're like sort of the expectations going to this summer with the with the lebron um uh, me and phil had some stories to talk about sort of lebron how much bullshit he feed he fed me last summer but anyway we won't go into that but it's coming to fru- but it's coming to fruition now lebron the lebron link up will be massive and huge for the night section so look at the end of the day you're right jamie the 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 the, the drama on twitter obviously sort of turns it into oh my god we we got no money to spend we're not spending no money fsg out i get the last statement but it's not because of the the other statements in terms of we haven't got no money we have got money and also the major major key element that a lot of people have forgotten about is the reason why we brought forward this redbird investment is to offset drama and losses like this it will help us function as normally as possible now we know from history from experience from being liverpool fans under the tenure of fsg normal what what fsg means normal that's up for debate tonight in terms of how much will they will spend what what will they spend it on and will they go above their working model or beyond their working model Kieran Thorne uh, echoes those sentiments. He says, and thank you for the super chat, a large focus on the statement by Jimbo Pierce that a lot of the additional 148 million debt has been erased. Wonder if some of that uh, of the Redbird investment has gone into that, which which Grizz certainly touched on. Now, Keith, I want to come to you. And I suppose it's it's kind of off the back of what Grizz was saying about the, the reaction on social media. Um, I suppose the, the first thought that goes through a lot of Liverpool fans' heads is what impact does this have on summer spending? Um, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of talk, particularly off the back of this season. And, and I, I personally think there's a lot of context <clears throat> as to why we've performed poorly. But I also think players have, have underperformed and, and I don't think the manager's had his best season. Uh, uh, but but aside from that, it's kind of caused this um, panic with with our fan base that there needs to be some type of overhaul um, in the squad. And do you feel the news of the reports today would show that some of that overhaul is at risk and Liverpool would be more prudent in the market and perhaps those wholesale changes are, are, are not a reality anymore? Uh, I don't really know, Jamie, because the the results, the financial results that have been released can't have been a, sh- a shock to anybody. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know what these results are going to have an impact. The, the fans and people that are seeing it on Twitter and all will be up in arms because there's an agenda to be had for a lot of people, you know, with the FSG, sort of FSG out and the, the whole Super League debacle that happened, that people will jump on every little thing as a negative. We've gone through a global pandemic. We're not going to be in profit. Do you know what I mean? We're going to be in a, a bit of a mess financially. Every big club is, every small club is, you know, there's not many clubs that could take on the year. And I know this, the results was only up till May, was it? So it's not even the full year. It's only part of it. So it's going to be even, even worse next year. But Liverpool will have a plan in place for what they need to do with the squad. Overhaul, I, don't, I think it needs an overhaul myself. I've come around to the idea that it needs more than just, you know, one or two moves here or there. I think it's I think it's an aging squad that we have. I think it's been allowed to age uh, together and there hasn't been good succession planning done up till now. We've too many players that are hitting their 30s, that are key players, that are big earners, and that's where our wage bill has gone through the roof as well because if you're bringing in players and you're giving, um, you know, bonus incentives to salaries, 
well, you get them in on a decent salary, but if you're winning things, the bonus and the salary shoots up. Well, you know, you pay for that. Your success is, you're a victim of your success then. That's the issue I think we're going to have is not about breaking up the team because if you use the example of Genie Wijnaldum, right? Genie Wijnaldum is our contract. Genie Wijnaldum is coming up to 30 years old. Genie Wijnaldum is looking for, he's a low earning, he's a low earning player. We think we all agree on that. Genie Wijnaldum is on 70 or 80 grand a week. In football terms, very low. I would not give, I would not keep Genie Wijnaldum under any circumstances in this squad. And it's nothing to do with, you know, Genie really as a player. It's, we need to move on some of these players, some of these first team players and some of these players that are maybe blocking, um, positions or pathways to the team for others a lot of it comes down to Klopp in my opinion because Klopp has his favourites a lot of managers do but we can't go into next season with the same lads again who we've asked to nearly run through brick walls for two and a half years right to put their bodies on the line and this is the carrot at the end of the stick and they got there and now 29 years old, 28 years old, miles we're asking, we're asking them to go the well again. Go again. Go again. And how many players can do that? Like how many players can can put that much in, look to fall off a cliff, but then just come back? And that's me worry. So I use Wijnaldum as an example because he's the easiest one. I wouldn't keep Wijnaldum, nothing against him. I just think we need to freshen up the squad and we need to bring in another midfield player that will become a first team midfield player, not a player that will be in the, on the fringes that will be nowhere near the team. We need to have have players. Now, a lot of people will say, Wijnaldum's always uh, available. He's never injured. That's true. That's a great point. But we need to get new bodies in. We've got more controversial shouts on what we would do with Genie Wijnaldum, but we'll come to that later. Yeah, I was going to say, hold, hold fire on the breakdown, because I want to yeah. I, I want to come to you, Phil. And before I do, just a quick shout out to the Villa podcast, Conan, looks like he's in tonight. Uh, only here to stop you all clamouring for Ollie yeah. Watkins. We're definitely <laughs> going to touch on Ollie Watkins in a bit, so stay with us, Conan. Grizz? You oh, no, I was just, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, Conan, your friend. That's why I pulled that comment up. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at Six on NBC Four, working for you. I just wanted to like sort of assure him we're not in for Watkins, so he's safe. He can keep his Watkins. <laughs> you take on to what he's gone. Yeah, yeah, if he is, definitely. Phil, I, I want to come to you, um, and it's off the back of what Keith was saying. From your perspective, do you think an, an overhaul is actually needed, or do you think that this is just panic stations off the back of a, a relatively poor season by our standards? But if you'd listened to the podcast last night, you'd know exactly what I said around this. But however, I'll repeat myself then. I can't remember what I said last night. I said about four different things in four that different chats. That, one on a podcast. So I was like, that was I, I that was no a new. That's why that was. That I was know, that. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely go trade back and get Kellen Mond if I could towards the back. No, yes. um, that's a different <laughs> podcast again. So <laughs> <laughs> the. <laughs> Yeah, I said this last night, Jamie. I said if people think it's a it's a two or a, a, a sign of two person or three person um, fix, it's not. 
This is a team, and one of the key that was it was my topic last night that we were talking about was that again, it's the mentality thing. You can't break a team's mentality in the way we've done and expect it just to be fixed like that. It took four years for Klopp to imbue that sense that we do not lose into that team. And there was potholes along the way. Um, and the biggest part for me is you, nobody ever goes from sixth to first, seventh to first, fifth to first. You're either third or second before you can get to first. So for us to expect to go straight back and challenge for a league, the only benefit we have is that we've already won a league recently and we were consistently challenging for the year before that, right? So that gives us a chance to get back into the top four. The question I have is that, and it's something Keith says, and it's something I fear myself, Firmino is done. He's finished. Mane, to me, looks like a player that's done. And it goes back to the miles on miles and the legs in the style that Klopp wants this team to play. Genie, for the exact same reason, to me, is done. And this is where we start running into, into issues because they've got so many miles on the clock. Klopp likes to go with a small squad. And this is the challenge and the problem he ran into with his Dortmund team in that season that it all fell apart because his, he likes a 16-17 man squad but that runs those players into the ground. And the biggest question I had, I, I, I can't remember who was on me the night we did it on, on, on the forum, going back maybe three or three months, was the question I have is the Klopp has always been a builder, but he's never rebuilt. He's never rebuilt anything. He's never gone in and revitalised the team and brought something else to it. And I said it to you this morning, my admiration for Pep has gone up a step this season because it's the first time, and I know he, I know money's no object, and it's great that he has no money, money's no object, but he's actually gone and created phase two of his Manchester City squad and Manchester City side to put them back in the same position they were before. Klopp has never done a phase two, and this is a huge question to both Klopp and Edwards, is to now get to find the dice and roll it again. And I think they've made it a bigger job by backing the players they had for too long, right? Um, and that, to me, is the, is the question as we go into the summer. How can we, one, and it's going to be governed by what, what what position we end up in the league. Personally, at this stage, I don't mind us ending up in Europa because of the same reason we had last night in terms of what the new Champions League looks like in your, your European coefficient. But I would avoid the European Conference League, which is for the sixth-place team. So if we don't finish fifth, I want to finish seventh. Do you get me? I don't want to finish up in that sixth place position because that sixth place position sends us off to a, to the tier two Europa competition, right? It's not going to do anything for your coefficient. Yeah, it, it's not going to do anything for your for your your uh, European coefficient, and it means that the idea that Klopp likes to work with that smaller squad. If you remember, after the first year he was there, we missed out on Europa, so we had a season where we just had the league to focus on, and that was the year that we fundamentally changed from what we were beforehand to this Klopp based model and the mentality started to come into that team and that's when we start this unbeaten run at Anfield and that's the key change that happens in the team so to give us half a chance if we don't finish fifth I want to finish seventh so as we've got no European football and we're only focusing on the league and, I'm, and I mean that I don't I don't hear about league cups and FA cups and stuff it's just focus on the league get top four so we, they can work with 14, 15 players and use them week to week to get into that top four so that we're back in a position that we had two or three on a window as opposed to having to look at how do we change four or five. I'm going to play devil's advocate and I'm, I'm going to come to you again, Phil, just before I go to, to Chris. <coughs> and we've touched on this ourselves privately in that maybe one of Klopp's biggest drawbacks is his loyalty to players. Now, what I would say is... <sighs> With with Klopp and his man management, it's very difficult, I think, for him to get players to buy into what he's trying to build and then maybe turn his back on them when maybe things aren't going so well. Do you so do you think it's realistic based on what this squad has done for him that he would 
in theory, turn his back on some of his his key players that have been fantastic for him for the last three four years. That's again, mate. This is and this is. I go back to the point I just made. We don't know because he's never done it. Yep. And this is the biggest question mark over Klopp as a manager is: Can he do a phase two? The greatest thing about Alex Ferguson and Bob Paisley and Bill Shankly was the fact that they built multiple teams and knew when to kill their best players, knew when to kill the guys at the top end, knew when to get rid of them, right? It was easy when Klopp was coming in to stamp and build his team and he was able to get rid of Coutinho and he was able to get rid of Khan and stuff like that when they wanted to go. But this, for the first time, is he has to he has to drop the guillotine on some of these players and say, right, now is the time to move on. Now is the time to rebuild. And I can't, I have to, for the sake of me and for the sake of this club and for the sake of this team, these lads need to go. And that's the huge, biggest question mark I have around because I, th- I, I do, I, I do think potentially the weakness in his man- managerial style is the fact that he creates this bond with the players. They want to play from, they want to do the best, and he wants them to achieve their best. And it is that father-child mentality that that's in there. You can see it there, like you know, from the hugs and all that type of stuff. But that makes being really rootless and much I, more difficult. Well, when we get on to ins and outs, that's where I'm sort of going to bring this back around because. Again, it's like we're at a position where we're not going to realise the value that we should have realised in the players that we need to get rid of because we've kept them too long at this point. Grizz, I'm going to come to you and it's it's more on the FSG side. Um, do you think the talk of big name signings is pie in the sky given the current climate and obviously everything that's been released today? If you think of FSG's strategy in the past, it's very much been kind of a sell, uh, sell before we buy or, or basically operate within our means. You know, there's been so many crazy shouts thrown around. I mean, I know we've talked about Mbappe and the LeBron connection. You know, when you see the news of today, and uh, do you think that it's crazy talk to think that we're going to spend spend big cash, or do you think that FSG mean business? See, I'm the right person to ask here because I'm the confused one myself about this, <laughs> and I'm going to sound and I'm going to sound contradictory, but it is what it is. I mean, so look. So look, I I know a couple of people that have said things in the past and it's become and it's come spot on that work around FSG in USA and here. And then I've got me as a fan disregarding everything that tell me and looking at, as you say, what FSG have done and do and how they operate. So even my own brain is fizzled. So I'm getting told disregard the the, the figures, disregard previous summers we will go huge is subjective right but we will oh this is place. where you get my hopes up now Grizz no, but it? you know no, but this is but this is my point no, but I'm confused myself Jamie so, so so these same people have told me that we will invest heavily in players now what heavily means is no one knows what heavily means it's subjective comparatively to, to FSG that would mean probably in the region of 150 million summer right? Gross, gross, that is, before anyone goes mad, right? Which would mean 70, 80 million in sales and another 70 million on top. But then the fan in me that's been supporting Liverpool and watching and observing the tenure under FSG tells me that's, that's, that's not going to happen. It hasn't happened. It only happened in Kenny Dalglish's first, um, first tenure. And I think that's it. Apart from that, they've reverted to the policy of sell, 
heavily, brilliantly, and then invest back in the squad. So, you know, to, 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 to try to speculate and try to sort of say how this summer's going to go, I agree with Phil Casey again. I was nodding away like a little kid, but I did actually agree with everything he said there. It does depend on, A, where we finish. You know, that has, of course, has an impact, you know. And B, you know, it, it depends on the sales. And we, have, we haven't really got huge sellable players that stand out to you. We have one. We have one who is <clears throat> the last person you want to sell. I'm selling we have mate. Say again, sorry, Keith. I'm selling the other two. Oh, but this is my point. Even the other two, Bobby will get you, let's be honest and realistic. A bag here. of peanuts. All right, Phil's going to say bag of peanuts, but let's say 30 million max, right? 25, 30 million max. And the way Marnie's playing, max. The, way, <laughs> the, way, the way Sadio's playing, the way Sadio's playing, you know, nothing. So we're going to have to be different. FSG will have to be, come out of the, uh, Gav always uses this uh, uh, phrase, but come out of their comfort zone. And they will have to, because I think they're in a situation where the team requires urgent, urgent surgery, in my opinion. And they have done that in the past. So when we got to a point where Phil talks about the season where we could concentrate, and um, I don't know what season he's referring to, but I know what he means. And then in that summer, we went huge on Van Dyke and Allison. So we can do it spending mm-hmm. 75, 60, then 50 on his favorite player, Navigator. So we have got history of when it when needs absolute must. And I've always said this about Jamie, about FSG Jamie, that when it really, when we have to do it, they do it. It's just, they rest on their laurels and, and expect Klopp to work his magic in the other times. That's what, they only work in emergencies. And I 100% agree and f- with Keith that this summer is an emergency. Pimp in distress. Thanks for the super chat. Says Klopp always told his players he'd be their friend, but then not their best friend. Does that tell us he can have the necessary ruthless streak? I, I hope so, because I certainly think it's going to be needed in the summer. And Keith, before we dive into ins and outs, um, I've got a feeling that Phil might throw in a couple of shock, uh, shock entries in, in his list. There's been also one, uh, one story that we haven't touched on yet. The FSG might be potentially interested in selling the club. Um, there was a rumoured bid that, that came in um, that was kind of batted away quite quickly. What have you made of those noises? Would you be shocked to see them sell at this stage? Because it very much feels like there's unfinished business. And we, uh, I mean, look, we're, we're a very rich club, I suppose, in terms of the, the asset as a whole. It would take a hell of a hell of an offer to, to tempt them to sell, in my opinion. Yeah, I can't see them selling. Um, why would they? Do you know what I mean? It's they're building up this asset, whether we like it or not. They're they're building the value of an asset that they bought for what was five hundred million and sell it at currently valued at over two point five billion. You know, it's this is ridiculous. Um, they're not going to sell because of a global pandemic. But if they do sell, with let's say they have a plan to sell long term, I don't think they're going to just quickly get rid of it and lose sort of the potential value they're not going to get stung on it so i can't see a quick sale i can't see anybody rushing in to offer the value that they want in anyway so I, I don't think there's going to be a sale i think it's i think the fact that you know it does nothing but bad press at the moment the negativity that every story is getting spun in a certain way 
I can't see FSG. I don't know what the lads think. I just can't see FSG selling or wanting to sell at the moment. Um, Phil's got that look in his face. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's a godfather offer for them that'll make them do it, to be honest. And Phil, I don't know what you think. Like, can you see them selling? Uh, you've read the the uh, the finance, the financials. Is it that bad that you think they'll do an emergency sale? Listen, right. The... This is where English fans don't understand American ownership. Okay, this goes back to the cultural difference between the guys who own us at the moment and the guys who would have owned us in the past. The 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 uh, what was your man's name? Not Moore's. Oh yeah, David Moore's. That, that used to own us and and the family ownership that existed in England. And this is why Arsenal don't get cronky and United don't get the Glazers. They don't sell their teams. When 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 somebody buys a team in the states, they're there for the long haul. You look at the Bears, it's, that's a family connection that's owned it since the 20s that basically set, founded the club. They don't sell. And the reason why they don't sell is because the value of the franchise is worth so much money. Okay, If you look at the highest paid director and took 1.4 million in the salary out of the club, and I'm assuming that's one of one of the guys that's involved with FSG, you know, these this money is going back and it's funding the fund that, that's behind all this in NESV. They make big money off television rights, all the deals that go on. Um, we're repaying the loan that the parent company gave to us at $8 million a season. Not all that money is going back to the owners of, of, of NESV in terms of what's there. Why would they sell when this asset's appreciating and not depreciating? The only time they would sell is if it made sense to sell. So if they feel that they're they've we've maxed out on television values, that we've maxed out on commercial deals, that we have maxed out on our worth, Maybe then they look at selling. But at this moment in time, I can't see a sale happening unless one, somebody comes in with a five to ten billion pound bid. Like that's we're talking about this this level of of money we're talking about. This isn't like when we were bought for two hundred and fifty million and they're saying we're worth five hundred million. That's what you're looking at. Otherwise, with the new investment that came in, why would why would why would they sell what was the cornerstone of the asset that allowed them to realize the value they got from Redboard in the first place to yeah. invest in the FSG hedge fund? It just doesn't make any sense, lads. And, and, and I can't find anyone to explain to me why they would, why would they, they would, they would do it. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And they've yeah. brought in the likes of LeBron James as a partner. They've brought in Redboard, you know, for 10% for 450 million. These aren't the signs of a team that are going to sell. And like I say, based on a financial report that they were well aware of, do you know what I mean? And all these deals are happening. They're building the asset fillers, right? NFL teams don't come up for sale. NBA teams rarely come up for sale unless it's a for sale. And even when they get handed down, it's true family, as Phil said. You know, they, they don't come they don't come available. The Glazers at Man United is a great example. They're there, what, 15 years or something? When the Clippers were sold, when the Clippers yeah. were sold because the owners were found, well, the, the owner was found Donald to be a mad Stereo. racist, yeah. right? They sold it for three billion. Like yeah. it wasn't like, like that's where, and that's where the league was forcing them out because yeah. of what went on. Like they're saying, you can't own this club anymore. You have to sell it, and he still made a mint, right? This yeah. is what this is what we're talking about here, and that's what they see as an ownership model. That's why Cronkett is not going to sell Arsenal. That's why the Glazers aren't going to sell United because it's not costing them money. Ultimately, it's not costing them money and the value is increasing and increasing and increasing and they have the prestige of owning two of the oldest franchises between the Red Sox and LFC. 
Like they're yeah. two of the most storied and largest fran- global franchises in sports that's out there. <clears throat> I would say, if anything, FSG are now looking at doing the impossible, which is how can they take a stake in a NFL team? I'd say that's what, if we are looking at what the real red board piece is, they're looking at is, is would Kraft be open to do something with the Pats or something like that to make it this all encompassing New England brand? As Tom Bolland says in the chat, FSG are going nowhere. And, and for what it's worth, I, I, I'd agree. I think we, we need to get used to the fact that FSG are going to be around just, for a while yet. Just a very quick one, Jamie. I know so you want to move on just very quickly. This guy, Cardinal, isn't coming in. For no reason. This guy, and people need to do some research on him and reading up on him. This guy is a, is a business maniac in terms of what his visions are. Now, yes, a lot of the fan base, especially the match-going fans and the local fans, will be in uproar with some of his visions for Liverpool. And I've been reading up on him. But as a business entity... And in terms for what it means to FSG and their profile and the asset, he's going to be huge. So they're not, they've camped. Unfortunately, whether we like it or whether we don't, I mean, I, I, I think I don't, I think I know all of our personal opinions, but most of our listeners and viewers will know, you know, we've never been in one camp, like either FSG out or FSG in. We've always said FSG do the right thing. And and yes, they've done the biggest fuck up in their history only recently. But I think they're on the way now to do a lot of right things again. Whether that's enough to win back the fan fans' hearts. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. And mine's, I doubt it, but it is what it is. Can, can I just, just on that, Jamie, just before, and it's something that Grizz is saying there. This whole backlash from fans. Fans are goldfish, right? <laughs> If we won five games in a row and got top four by some miracle, nobody will be even thinking about the European Super League. As long as Liverpool are shit and losing, then the then the then the owners are terrible. And we're, and I said, it was one of the things I said last time. Everyone's trying to figure what's the blame, what's the blame, who are we going to blame next for this being shit? When we were winning, if you go back to last January. FSG was the model, was the, were the model owners. You know, they'd engage with the fans. They kept the heritage in the club. They've done this and they've done it better than City because they haven't lost loads of, of, of oil money and human rights abuses to win leagues and stuff like this. They've done it the right way. And now we're 12 months on and we're shit. FSG are the worst owners because they won't spend a penny, right? They need to bugger off because they hate the fans. And if the only way that we're going to get back in a thing is to knock down the Anfield Road, leave a big, huge gap so all the fans can look in for free and not have to go into the stand at all. <laughs> like, that's literally what we're, what, 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 what we're getting down to. So, like, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's, it, fans are goldfishes. As soon as we start winning, or should I say goldfish because there's no plural to fish. Um, like mice, houses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a str- it's a strange one for me with FSG, and I've uh, I've probably changed my view slightly on them. Um, in that, 
I've always been, not, as Grizz said, not necessarily pro FSG. I just think on the whole, they've always tended to do the right thing. They've made, and when they've made mistakes, they've looked to rectify them. What I couldn't forgive is not backing Klopp in January properly. I just, I, I can't see how that decision felt. Uh, like the right thing to do at the time, given all that we had to play for and the fact we were top of the league. Um, and then off the back, obviously, of the Super League um, mess, th- their inability to communicate to managers, players and hang them to dry is, is something I found hard to stomach. But like you said, Phil, football, things can change quickly in football. You only have to look at the Luis Suarez example. You know, uh, he, he said that he wanted to leave and join Arsenal. Um, and then all of a sudden he scores some goals and everybody forgets it. I think if we start doing the right things for a short period of time and we manage to scrape into the top four, hopefully we can we can move on and, and build. And Kieran, just to, to finish off on FSG before we move to, to Grizz and some of the players we might look to offload. Kieran says, uh, the interesting bit will be how quickly Redbird invest in the FSG model for collateral cash. They need to leverage of the stock markets. That's why the original Red Ball investments failed. Kieran's throwing the money in today. You're an absolute gent. Thank you very much for that comment. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to look a little bit at uh, some of the outgoings um, because I did a little bit of uh, bro maths today. Uh, I had a look at some of the players that have been touted that could potentially move on. Um, and I looked at, I think it's about seven or eight players here, so I'll list them, right? So we've got Ox, Origi, Minamino, Gruich, Karius, Shakiri. Roughly in and around 80 million, I would say, you could you could look to fetch. And I'll give you the figures here now, Phil. Ox, 22 million. Origi, 18 million. Minamino, 14 million. Gruich, 10. Karius, 2. Shakiri, 15. Now I'm uh, you, you, if you can challenge me on those figures for, for who's the who's the problem that yeah no that's just the main ones that were called out in some some of the articles I was reading there's a hell of a lot more that could be on We're that 16 list 16 on my list you're selling 16 players yeah. <laughs> you know we've still got a field and squad left. <laughs> you're, you're meant to be one of the more rational people oh, on no. Keith's Keith's fucking been saying <laughs> This madness all fucking season. He's been so <laughs> rational and calm, and now it's yeah. everything fine. Sixteen of them. Boom. Head gasket, out the order, gap. Order some fluid. Order some head gasket. Three, three, three bad months, <laughs> and half the squad's gone. Right, go on, yeah. Keith. You're sixteen. You're sixteen nah, players. Right. Uh, granted, right. They're not all top draw, right? But Adrian gone. Carius gone. Matip gone. Ben Davies gone. Was never here. Gini <laughs> gone. Shakiri gone. Gruyich gone. Woodbourne gone. Wilson gone. Ojo gone. Origi gone. Minamino gone. Owen gone. Firmino gone. Mane gone. Phillips gone. And one of Chamberlain Arcade gone. That's what I'm doing. Hold on. You can't, just casually, you can't just casually throw in Mane and Firmino and just breeze over it like it didn't happen. You'd get rid of I, both. Yeah. I would. I said it during night on the Fatback Four. I think, I think the front three is done. I think the the miles and the legs thing just it's too much for me. I someone compared Mane to Alexis Sanchez, and I think it's a great comparison. I think Archibald, age, Archibald's face there, the the the, the Mane and Firmino shouts. I think <laughs> it's controversial, but. 
you know, Mo, Mo Salah, right, is, is the top scorer or joint top scorer with Kane or Wombly, whatever he is. He's up there, right? Mo Salah is getting goals. He's missing sitters every game. And we're getting punished because nobody else has taken up the slack, right? We need to overhaul that front line, in my opinion. The rest of it, the, the front two are the controversial ones, right? We know that. It's, no one else is going to say we're selling Mane and we're selling Firmino. But, for the same reason I said about Wijnaldum, we need to overhaul it. So I would personally get rid of them and I would replace them. And it's probably not right, but that's who I'd get rid of. At the very least, I'd get rid of one of them. And I think you can get I think you can get money on them as well. I think you could get a hundred million for the two of them. My my honest opinion in reaction to that, and I'll come to you next, Phil, is I think it's madness to think about getting rid of that volume of players and particularly the likes of Mane and Firmino. What I think you will find is, yeah, I agree. Firmino looks shot. Mane's confidence looks shot. We've asked these players to go to the well for the best part of three, four years. We need more options. Um, we need to be able to rotate. We need to be able to, to get freshness back in their legs. You've seen earlier on in the season before the injuries, the impact that just having Jota back it was a legitimate option. I mean, we've had Divock Origi knocking around the club for five years now. He's not a legitimate backup option. I think what's been exposed or uh, I suppose shown more this season is our backup options are not strong enough. I wouldn't be looking to sell any of the the, the major first team players other than Ginny Wijnaldum. Um, I, I, I think Mane and Firmino have still got a, a lot to offer at this side, but maybe just not as the focal point of the the attack, Phil. What what's your reaction to to Keith selling two of the the famed front three? I think again, wasting our time talking about fellas that don't exist, like Woodbourne and Wilson. We can't get rid of them; they're shit. So it's like they're not good enough for the club. You can give them away for free. Like, you'd be better off cutting the wage out of, out of, out of accounts and saving money that way. Um, like we're talking about Grujic. one either like he, nobody would put a bid in from last year. Ten million, nope. the echo added. I'm getting some grief yeah. for the fact that the numbers I gave out before. The echo Jamie, said ten million we're getting for Gruwich. Jamie, nobody would put that money in for him last year, right? The, I'll go to the Origi thing. We can't sell Origi. Eighteen million. To, Eighteen we, million in the echo. Well, who's going to? And here's the other thing, right? And this is what people need to. I think this summer's transfer window is going to be an absolute abnormal window that we haven't seen for a couple of years because everything that we talked about ourselves, not having 150 million or 200 million to go and spend, it's the same for every other club. They're not going to have the money to spend 20 million on an Origi. They'll look to get them for 8 million, 10 million. You're going to see a realistic curve backwards in terms of transfer fees compared to where it has been for the last while, mainly because they're all going to have massive holes in their balance sheets, massive holes in their P&Ls that they didn't have beforehand, that they won't be able to just prop up that was there because they've already used finance in an awful lot of cases to do what they've been doing over the last two to three years. I think I've seen that the Villas, Villas losses when they got promoted with all the money from the Premiership, they ended up making less money and having a bigger loss year on year than they had when before when they were outside the Premiership because they put so much money into into signing players. So the idea that we can continue this infinite train of increasing values in terms of transfer fees and this is it's not going to happen. So when we talk about the likes of Origi and we talk about the likes of um, the, the Shakiris and I think Shakiri we we spent twelve million on Shakiri. 
we could arguably get 12, 10 to 12 million for them. And from our point of view, that's going to look like a 10 million profit in our books because we've already amortized the cost of security over the full length of his contract. Okay. So when, when, when Grizz is talking about how much money we're going to spend, we've got to think about it like this. When the club looks at how we buy and sell players, they don't look at, we spent, we got a hundred million. We spent a hundred million on the players and we got 80 million back in on players. And that means that we only spent 20 million. They aren't. They're looking at various sort of, they look at the amortized cost of the player and they're realizing profits on players that they've had. When Mignaldum goes out the door, that will actually look like a, that will look like a profit on the book because his contract was amortized over the co- the full version of what it was, and the wages are saved. So that goes back into the pot that wasn't there beforehand, and the free him up of his wages because he leaves is probably going to allow us to extend Van Dijk, extend Salah, extend Mane, right? And um, so from my point of view, Adrian, that's a free that's going out the door on a free. Um, Grujic, I think they give him a free or they'll take a very small minimal fee, something for 8 million or less in terms of what's there. I think Shakiri, as I said, you're probably talking 20 million for those three players. After that, then, Harry Wilson, you're not going to, there isn't a Bournemouth, there isn't an Eddie Howe to spend 25 million on, on, on Harry Wilson this time around, right? Well, he's but he's well got a Cardiff, isn't he? So you might get it. You might get, you might get 7 million, 8 million for yeah. him in terms of what's there, right? And the club are going to take it because, again, it's about realizing value for these yeah. players. Yeah. And the, these these players don't offer anything. They aren't involved in the force team and it's irrelevant. So the real ones I want to focus on are the force team, the players that are in the squad and are contributing to what we do on a day to day basis. So Matip, I believe, goes and it'll be a nominal fee if he goes as well because he's almost at the end of his deal. Um, I'm going to say I agree in with Keith as a as a concept. I think Mane and Firmino should be binned, right? But because I don't believe we're going to be in Champions League, I'd sell Firmino and I keep Mane because I think of, of of the two of them that's going to come back. Mane is the one that's most likely to. We've had two seasons of Firmino on a massive downhill cliff, falling off the edge, and this is just the culmination of what those two seasons have looked like. Mane got COVID in October and has struggled since then. He's he's basically struggled since he got COVID at that forced international break. If you look at where things go to pot for us, it's that international break and we lose three players from COVID at that point. We lose Salah, we lose Mane, and I can't remember who else it was that we lost. Right, So I think, but the problem there is the real value. If we need to realise value in a transfer fee, Mane is the one that's going to offer value to other teams. Okay, And Zidane likes Mane. And has always liked Mane. And the only reason he didn't go to Real Madrid that time was because Zidane took the sabbatical and took the year out. So the killer for me is if you get a 45, 50 million pound bid for Mane, do you take it? In my opinion, if that 50 million allows you to go and sign a Daka, a Neres, um, what's that kid's name? The, even a Neto from Wolves, or the, what's the Correa that the lad is, the, the guy in in, in, in Italy. Yeah, in terms of there. Or even somebody more established, what's that Lotero at, at Inter Milan, because they've got massive financial difficulties. Then I take it because I'm rebuilding. Like, back to what we said at the start, this is the Klopp's rebuild. This is the, 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 the second phase of this team. And you've got to be rootless because that's how we got here in the first instance. Also, and another I thing, before we move on, Phil, you're a big fan of American sports. If you're looking at a player that's coming up to 30, that's due a contract extension when? When is he due Mane, for example? When is he due a contract extension? Do we keep him? And then he falls off a cliff. And then 2023, his contract Or do we expired. give him the money, you know? And this is the problem I think we have. Just people are saying, oh, I'm a bit mad with my list. I don't think we will do my list, just to be clear. This is what I would do. Hmm. I just think, you know, for 
Liverpool have had problems recruiting into the front three, apparently, because of the established Mane, Salah, Firmino. Klopp's preference to play this. And I just think we need to make hard, brave decisions to move them on because otherwise we're going to end up paying Mane 250 grand a week to stay when he may not be worth the, the deal. So I just think that comes a time when you have to be a bit ruthless. And again, we're not going to do this. Klopp won't do this, but it's what I would do. I would get rid of the two of them. Chris, I want to come to you with two questions. And the first one is something that we've had back and forth on for a while. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot in, on social media about it at the moment. And that's very much around the returning players. Um, do you think it's too idealistic to think that? the return of the likes of Henderson and VVD would solve a lot of our issues. And when you throw in, you know, fans to the mix, do you think it's too idealistic and the, and the problems run deeper than that? And then the second stage of, of the question will be what type of profile of player do you think is realistic, given the, the, the quality of some of the outgoings the lads have mentioned? Is it too Id- idealistic? Um, I don't think it's a stretch. I think it's possible to be back competing with all those factors that you've that you've put put back into place. Definitely with the with the crowd, like you know, let's let's not let's not be around the bush. That myth of of you know the Anfield crowd doesn't do anything is busted now, isn't it? It's, it's been proven that you know it, it, it definitely aids the players, and not only the players. Jurgen Klopp thrives off this crowd as well. Um, you know he's he's in need of the crowd back more than or equally as much as the players. I feel um, oh, it's unknown, isn't it, with these injuries because they weren't Mickey Mouse injuries, Jamie. They were mm. massive, huge, career-threatening injuries. So we we don't know what stage they're going to be back and 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 sorry, what level they can be back to. Joe Gomez, Matip, Henderson, Virgil Van Dijk. That's as strong as spine as anywhere you can find. If they get back to fitness and remotely 80% of the players even that they were, that's that's huge for Liverpool. It doesn't cure it doesn't cure the goal scoring um problem that we're having. And not only the forwards, Jamie, it's not we focused on, I mean, I know Keith's focused on the the attack and our hundred percent. And I've been banging this drum for, for years, but who listens to me? I've said we're two, three windows behind in terms of refreshment. I've yeah. said it. Uh, Keith and I was, I've said it for, for over a year and a half. We're behind. And that's why we're panicking now. And that's why FSG is panicking because they rested on their laurels and thought Klopp will manage. And again, like Phil says, Klopp needs to prove that he can manage and utilize a bigger squad than 15, 16. Because that's Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. That's his mantra, that's his philosophy that he believes in only 15, 16 players. But he's... Look, Klopp's learned every season and I think he's learned huge lessons this season. And one of those ones will have to be that he needs a bigger squad in term, not only in terms of numbers, but in quality. And it's and, and it's concerning to me, and I think to the majority of the fan base now, finally, that the lack of trust he's shown 
in squad members like Ox, Keita, when they're available, obviously we know the non-availability issues, but when they're available, Simikas, um, Ox, Keita, Simikas, Shakiri, Origi, this is what's hampered us and killed us and made it look even worse because I think his utilisation of our squad, I have to say, has been poor. Mm. Now, whether that's through his lost trust or faith in them, if that's the case, then that list Keith's compiled has to be put into place. I'm going to come to you now, Phil. I just want to touch on uh, the comment that, that, that Alan sent in. It should say uh, way too uh, much overreaction and disrespect for what Klopp has done. And I know from, from my own perspective, I think everybody loves Jurgen Klopp. How can you not? Um, but at the same time, I think it's fair to open up dis- discussions around some of the things that have happened this season. And uh, I, I love him more than anyone, but I, I, I think his substitutions have been a little strange this year. Uh, I think decisions like playing Naby Keita in Real Madrid uh, was a, was a strange one like Grizz says he doesn't seem to trust um, a, a lot of his squad players um, and his um, inability to change from the 4-3-3 system when uh, I, I think we, we felt like we'd been watching the same game since December it, I, I think it's fair questions to ask at the same time whilst being fully behind Klopp and, and what he's done for the club Phil you want to jump in? Uh, just on, on Grizz's point, and it's the one we, we, we talked about the top three, but like the midfield is a, a fucking disaster zone. It's like a nuclear car crash waiting to happen. Yeah. Like it's just, it, it you you look at um, Hendo and he's he's on the wrong side of 30. You look at Thiago, he just celebrated his 30th birthday. We spent big money on Thiago, th- that's there. Genie is gone. Um, we've got Fabinho, who is our true class midfielder in terms of potential who who what teams if if I'll put it this way if one of the, the teams that has that wants to win the Champions League is coming in and they're looking at their midfield what player do you got to go for? Yeah. You know what I mean? Player. Like that's that's what's looking at it. So I, I I'll give you so I'm looking at I'm saying Curtis Jones, great addition, young kid. He's not been overplayed and he's he's making his way into that squad which is great to see and hopefully that progress can continue. After that man, the biggest piece of um work that needs to be done in the summer is how we improve that midfield because so much of our issues have stemmed from the fact that that midfield has added nothing. We can complain about the go- the lack of gold from Mane and um, Firmino, but midfield has chipped in with no goals this season. I can't remember. What was the last time a midfielder scored a goal? Yeah. Terry McDermott, 82. <laughs> but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, when we were the season, not last season, but the season before last, when we were playing our mad heavy metal football, the, the, the classic club heavy metal football, we were getting goals from all over the shop. Um, Hendo would, would knock in a couple of goals. Genie was even scoring a couple of goals. Ox, I think when you, Ox, I think, Ox, Ox yeah. and Nabi got a couple of few each as well. Daniel, do you, right. do, do, do you think that issue is more structural though, Phil, in that, and I can't no. be honest, like, like, like you've said, and this is, again, it comes back to the point we made about Klopp. Liverpool's fun- uh, midfield does not function without Fabinho and Jordan Henderson in it. It just doesn't. And look, I'll hold my hands up. I was a fan of Fabinho going back to centre-back because I think he had the attributes to excel there. And I think he sh- he's shown it in a lot of games. But I didn't realise the drop-off <laughs> when neither him or Henderson played there. Do you think that a lot of the midfield are a victim of circumstance? Um, in that are two leading midfielders and basically the players that give us structure and discipline in there have been absent and therefore you've got no shape in midfield. They're just chasing shadows and, and we're totally dysfunctional in there. I think I think they're a victim of the only area of shit recruitment we've done over the last three years. I'm going to be totally honest about this. Right, I, I think Thiago's a lovely player, but he doesn't fit into a team without Henderson and Fabinho. 
He just doesn't fit into this team. He doesn't fit into a, into a team where there is no legs outside him and legs in front of him. So if you take that away, he's a really bad fit for what's going on. Um, behind him as well. Yeah, Ox. Like the fella has been injured for basically his whole time at Liverpool. He had a little purple patch when he came in where he scored a few goals, and since then he's more or less been part of the NHS training grounds. You know what I mean? Like there's there's no point. And ultimately, the worst signing we've ever made as a football club in Naby Keita. That guy was to be the ne- was to bring us to a next level of midfield. Chris always people, smirks when we bring up Keita. <laughs> I know, but it's 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 true. We we waited a year and we spent over fifty million on that guy, right? And he's come in and he's been appalling, absolutely appalling, right? Like literally, he has no guts about him. He's dialed it in so many times. He's he's had little in- injuries. I'll never I'll never forgive him for the time when he dialed it in in Napoli and looked to come off with a fake injury and was able to play at the at the weekend. That yeah. to me, I was done with him at that point, and I think that was in his fourth season that was there. Honestly, and I, I said, I, I, Jamie, you remember sitting in the studio up in Crumlin, yeah, um, and we were talking about who could potentially be the, who who's going to be the flop out of the group of players that we signed. You called and it I, to be fair, and I said, to you, I think Kayla is going to be the flop. I had a big worry about his mentality after his final season with um, Leipzig and where he was dialing in injuries to avoid getting injured um, before he came to Liverpool. And that just showed, that was my biggest concern, what it was and what it looks like. He just doesn't have, he just doesn't have the bollocks about him. And sadly, that is ultimately cost us massively this season because between the injuries and the fact that when he has been available, he's made no difference, has meant that the person we've had to turn to to drive us in an attempt to get back into top four was a 43-year-old James Milner. Like, you know, and this is what we're talking about. Milner was missing out of the team at, again on, uh, in, in the match. But, this is, but this, that's the most concerning part. Yes, Ox and Nebby have had their injury issues. Yes, we all know that. But they have been fit for the last two months. Yeah. And how and how often have they been utilised? This is the worrying and concerning issue as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what you guys think, but that's worrying because... I don't know what that means and what that shows in what's going on in Jurgen Klopp's head as well. Because to a man and dog, we can see that Ginny needs a rest. Fucking rest, man. It, like last couple of games, honest to God, watching him play has been it's, it's been sad because this guy's a legend and we'll, we'll, we'll leave this club as an absolute legend. But I don't want him to be going out like the way he's going out where he's literally walking at the end of games or sometimes not even walking and standing still. There are a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to see, but then you've got to go back to Klopp for that because Klopp picks and chooses and selects his team and squad and rotation. And how many times does Jurgen Klopp refer to the medical team told me that's all he can play? Or, you know, the, the people, you know, the, the analytical team said that's all they... Surely they're, they're, telling, they're telling him Ginny's tired. So there's there's a contradiction somewhere. Surely it's, not, it's true though, Keith, isn't it? It's like yeah. surely they're telling him Robo's needs a break. You bought Simicast for a reason. Simicast has been fit. So these issues, I think it's it's, it's deep. I think he, we we you talked about the profile of player, Jamie. I, I didn't even get a chance to to give my answer. I genuinely think we we have to stop buying squad players this summer. I genuinely think we have to. It's it's absolutely quality over quantity as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Tahir sends in a super chat thank you for sending that in FSG don't like to be challenged by fans or LFC fan groups they want to do whatever they want and do with do it without being challenged I, I think certainly on, on this channel as, as we've touched on at the, the start of the show um, 
we're neither pro or against FSG. Uh, we just try to call it as we see it. Um, so from our own perspective, whether we all, all agree or disagree with, with that, I think on the whole, they've been good owners, but they have made mistakes. Like many, whether it's players, I think the manager probably hasn't covered himself in glory this season. And what we just try to do is discuss uh, discuss these things on merit as they happen. Uh, but FSG have, have proven in the past that they make up for their mistakes or they try to do that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next. Now, Keith, I want to come to you on some of the incomings. So your outgoings caused a little bit of a stir. <laughs> Who would you like to see be kind of front of the queue for potential incomings? And I know from, from my own perspective, I think the big focus for me is energy. I just want to see energy. And it's not necessarily bring, like Chris says, you know, bringing in people that, that can make an impact to the first team. I don't necessarily think that needs to be a superstar. That could be somebody, and I'll throw a name at you to start the conversation, a Basuma. I really like him because he's dynamic, he's energetic. Uh, I think he would transform our midfield in terms of his energy, but he's not an elite profile player. What what type of players do you have on, on your list? Yeah, Basuma's not on my list. Um, and I know a lot of people like him, and I know why a lot of people like him. I think... And again, Seamus the drunk in the chat there called us wankers because we know more than Klopp. We don't claim we know more than Klopp at all. Oh, this is just their opinions. Phil does. But this is just their opinions on what we And I know do. more than Phil. <laughs> I know more than Chris. So that's <laughs> what I would do, and the name that's flying in that chat is Hossam Awar. Hossam Awar is the midfield player we'd be looking to do for Liverpool. Or that profile of player. It would be Hossam Awar, it would be Rodrigo de Paul, it would be um, that type of maybe more creative midfielder than a destructive midfielder like Basuma. Mm. Basuma's a good player, don't get me wrong, I like Basuma. I just think you're not putting any creativity into a midfield that has no creativity. As Phil touched on, we get nothing out of the midfield. And I think that's something that needs to change. So I would look in the midfield at Hossam Awar. I'm going to take it for granted that Kanate and Kabak are done, right? And that's our centre-back options. Next season will be Kanate, Kabak, Van Dijk and Joe Gomez because I'm selling all the other centre-backs at the club <laughs> on the big list. And anyway, right? So they're the four who I go with. I'm bringing in Hossam Awar ideally into the midfield. And I think you get them relatively cheap. Um and another thing, that's the thing, Basuma won't come cheap. So I think you, you, people, are, someone's mentioned Calvin Phillips in there. You know, these guys won't be cheap. Premier League, you can go for the Premier League um, inflation. They're, they're Premier League ready. I think there's better value to be had on the continent. So people are saying the the Paul's going to Milan, fair enough. But that type of player is what I'm saying. You know, the, the more energetic um, even the likes of Gravenberch at Ajax, he's destructive, but he's better with the ball. Neuhaus at um, uh, um, Munchenglerbeck is another one that I'd look at. Someone that's a different type of player to what we have, but that can complement the other guys. Phil is right about uh, Thiago. Thiago hasn't maybe settled as he'd like because th this team isn't what he's signed for. Do you know what I mean? He signed to play with Van Dijk and Gomez leading the high line and springing passes left, right and centre to a clinical front three. This isn't what he's getting. But if you bring in someone like Awar in there, I think it just transforms the midfield. So I'm looking at Kanate, Kabak, Awar. Now, I think we should consider, and people will tell me in the chat if it's being done or somewhere else or not, but um, Memphis Depoy is one I would look at on a free. 
because Memphis Depoy to me would be a Shakiri replacement in that you could play him in several positions in the front or as an attacking midfielder if you wanted to go not attacking midfielder you know if they play a the four and Bobby is the attacking midfielder, but he's really playing up closer to the front. I think Memphis Depoy could do that, but we'd be looking at Pats and Dacca as well for the centre forward. He's not Premier League proven. The last player we signed from Salzburg didn't work out. You know, it was a big jump for him, but that doesn't mean because Minamino didn't work out that Dacca won't work out. You take each player on its merit, not the league they come from or the or the club they come from. And I would look at Daniel Malin at PSV Eindhoven. Um, he's available for about 25 million. Dhaka, you're probably looking at, what do you think it is, 30 million? 25 million, 30 million for Dhaka? Not more than 30, yeah. Not more you're than looking 30, at yeah. 45, 40 for hour, maybe yeah. even less. You know, that's not big. You're not spending that much on them players. Phil mentioned Lotaro Martinez. I'd be all over Lotaro Martinez. I love him. But I think, yeah, even with the financial problem, you're probably looking at 60 70 million for him. So, if I was going cheap, I'm flogging half the squad and I'm only bringing in a handful. But I just think we need to work. Another one I'd bring in, I've said this before, is I would look, I think it's critical that we bring in right back cover. It's not sexy, it's right back cover. Because Nico Williams, Nico Williams isn't a bad player, but he's not ready for to play for Liverpool. And we need someone that can play games at a high enough level so I would bring in Gonzalo Montiel from River Plate on a free um, he is an excellent right back and play centre back as well so I'm only spending about maybe less than 100 million on them players but that's what I would do and again this is all fantasy football stuff who needs Michael Edwards when you got Keith yeah Tight Phil, gate though. Uh, Only spent 100 million. <laughs> Fucking tight gate. Keith House. Yeah, Keith House. Yeah. Uh, Phil, <laughs> I want to come to you because I want to finish on Chris. Uh, uh, a specific question I got for him. Any names missed off the list? There's one that seems to be coming in and out of the chat quite a lot, which is Rafina. Any any players that Keith hasn't mentioned that would be top of your list? Well, I wouldn't sign a single African player. True. Yeah, and I, tr- I try to get as many African players out of the squad as possible because the African Nations Cup is on in January. It's seriously. Yeah. No, it's a good point. It's an excellent point. Yeah, but it's it's good you give context to that. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't yeah. just I wasn't just saying <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I'm just here for you. Do you know what I mean? I was like, <laughs> I'm here like, for you. That's it. Yeah. Also, I don't think we should sign a single player that's based in the premiership. As much as I'd sign a co- there is some that I would consider signing, but I think the premium that will be put on top will be a waste of money. I think there's so much value that we can we can obtain from European teams that there's this summer, especially if we are constrained. I want to say constrained. If we need to sign more players than we should, than we normally would sign. So if we need to sign four, five quality players, right, then I'm going to Europe to pick them up. Whereas if we had to sign two or three, then I'd love to. I think Neto would be a great signing for us. I think he'd fit into the team really well. Yeah, he did. I was, I was in terms of what it was. Um, or Rafinha at Leeds. I think he'd be a smashing player as well in terms of how, getting another player into that front three. Um, Basuma, I, I really like him. I still think there will be putting Basuma into your team would be a very good move because we've got no cover for, for Binho. Again, we're going to look at moving Henderson back in or asking somebody else to fill in as the deep line. We, we need to have somebody there for, for, for what it is, right? So I would like, I'd love to, I'd, I'd, I'd love, in a dream scenario, I'd look to get Sancho or even Bellingham back from, from Borussia Dortmund. I'd love Bellingham. I think Bellingham's a smashing player. We're, we're all talking. That Dortmund 
top end of the pitch is a smashing team to watch in terms of their, their, their attack play between Haaland and Sancho and Bellingham and all. They're and Royce, smashing players, right? Um, and then for me, that's where I put David Neres. I've always been a huge Neres uh, fan at Ajax. And I think, again, he could be one of those sneaky 15 to 20 million players that you just don't, nobody pays any attention with and all of a sudden goes, mm, hang on, that fella's coming. Where did he come from? Right. Um, I don't know. Like again, it's the midfield for me. It's who do we sign in midfield that can significantly improve and also offer replacement to Henderson. We have to think about this. He's over 30. He's not going to get any younger and he's not the Superman that James Milner is because Milner hasn't really picked up injuries until the last couple of years, whereas Henderson has been picking up injuries. And we have to think, what's the succession plan? What's the succession plan? And who is good enough to come in now, now, and be part of that first team? We don't. We can't sign an Oxlade. We can't sign a Shakiri. We can't sign a fellow who's got a tunnel for three games. We need someone who's going to make it hard for Klopp to say, "Who am I going to pick?" Just you know? to clarify on the comments that have been coming in before we finish on Grace, Phil has not joined UKIP. Phil is definitely not a racist, um, and please don't clip that uh, that section with Phil saying that we don't want Africans in the team. That is absolutely not the case. Uh, so just to to clear that one up, uh, Grace. Uh, to finish on you, makers, we're we're over the hour now, and people have got homes to go to. Um, I want to ask you two parts of, of ultimately the same question: What names are on your list that you would like to see, and what names are on your list that you think we will see come to the club? So my list is very simple. I, I, I'm not I'm not beating around the bush like Keith. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, yeah. quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. In terms of tight-fisted, we, we gave him the keys to the kingdom and he and he went and spent 100 million on about 10 players. <laughs> so look, if, if it was me, I would get rid of all the players that he's mentioned. I wouldn't get rid of Mane. I'd, I'd, I'd hope and, and pray that Mane comes back. As Phil says, he's the only one that has a chance of coming back. I don't think Phil comes back into sort of anything remotely what we saw of uh, Bobby, sorry, um, gets into his, the same form. I'd go, look, it's been a good start to the window. Kabak and Kanate are done. All right. So clip that, do what you want with that. All right. So that's a good start. We've got the defense sorted, right? Or center back sorted, so to speak. We've touched on the midfield and it needs creativity and it needs goal scoring ability, which is what we lack. I'd go Grealish. I'd well, go. Don't get, don't get me excited I'd, now. No, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. I'm going to get you. Oh, sorry, okay, what, we, okay. what I think we'll do. I'd go Grealish. There's no links to him. We're not linked with him before people start saying, oh, Chris, Grealish. There's nothing. There's no interest in Grealish. But I would. I think he'd be absolute magical in this team. I'd um, sell a child to get Grealish at Liverpool at this stage, to be honest. I love him. Jamie, way. I think, I think, and... I sack of shit, sack of shit, bad haircut, sack of shit. Wouldn't no, want the money when the club. Attitude is terrible. Attitude is terrible. Just when we defended your racism, just when you, just when we defended his racism, pure racism, pure racist shout. 
I love his hairstyle. I think he's got fantastic hair. I'm actually jealous of his hair. I think you're actually just... growing one underneath that hacker. Yeah. I know, honest. but I'm going to reveal it in the summer. But he's fantastic. <laughs> he's an absolute footballer. He's a dream yeah. footballer. Guck. I would go all I would, about Sky Sports bollocks. I, 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 useless. And I would go, and I wouldn't. I don't think ten players in the league of Ireland that are better than that Grealish fucking waster. Being I would uh, oh, honestly no, no, after no. eleven o'clock, Krill, uh, Phil cra- crazy Phil comes out. I think that's the yeah, the case in point. Cinderella. <laughs> so so I'm going. I'm going Grealish as your creative midfielder. I'm going, and this is just personal. I'm going Basuma as your energy, mm. as because this energy, this midfield needs energy, as mm. Jamie says, I, and, and it needs a. And he needs a replacement for Henderson. Really, you're right. We need to start thinking um, about replacing Henderson. So that would be Basuma, Grealish, and is this me being realistic? Three players, you said, right? You can be you can be optimistic if you want, mate. These are your three choices. My, and then and then fifty percent of the squad. And then before, and then no and, rules and, here. <laughs> no rules. Then then yeah, because um, I've gone for Grealish. Um, I'm I'm being. Even though it's my choice and my preference, I'm being realistic. Mbappe won't come without Champions League. So then I'm going uh, a cheaper striker in Daniel Malen from PSV. And then I'm going big on another player, Sancho. I'm going Sancho, Grealish, Malen, and Basuma. Four. It's only four. We, we we have to go. Look, this might this is me. We gave you the chance, and you and you you know you shut yeah, yourself. Yeah, no, I'm no, not no, going to no. shit myself. I'm going to go no. big. I want to go big. I want to go huge because this is a massive summer. We're Liverpool Football Club. We've seen the glory. We want that back. We don't want to be going back to fighting for top four. So if you're going to give me the keys to the kingdom, that's why I'm going to try to go out and get you. And those those sixteen players that you've mentioned. I think it's very realistic that we can get rid of them, even if we sell them for half their values. Will still raise about 150, 160 million. So, yeah. if you know, we were to sell Mane and Firmino, we'd be all over buying Sancho because we'd need another not superstar, yeah. but a big, big player to go in that front line rather than my list of Daka and fucking Memphis Depoy. But look, but, this is, bread, but look, the people in the chat have not understood your question. I like Dennis Zakaria. Somebody, somebody mentioned Zakaria yeah. in the chat as well. Oh, absolute pony. I think, you know, the Basuma shout was a good shout, but he's going to cost so much money from a Premier League team that you've <laughs> other players that can perform that role that you'll get for half the price. In France, like France is going to be a wash with players that'll be... Yeah. Like, that other, that the, the Canadian lad in um, France, what's his name? There's a Canadian, John, John, David. Jonathan David, yeah. That's one to look out for. Yeah. I, I, and so this is what I think, obviously names get thrown out and there's a few loads of names that we're, we're linked with, whatever. This is the names that I know we've got firm interest in. So make of it what you will. So these Graven, are the realistic ones now, Chris? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Graven Birch is the one we want to be the long-term successor to Jordan Henderson. Graven Birch from Ajax is the one we want. I don't think we'll realistically get him this summer, but that's the one we've got an eye on and we firmly want him. What does so he I don't think know. of the Europa Conference League? Has that's the problem. That's the problem. That's that. the problem. So these come with a, what's the word? A dis- <laughs> these all come with a disclaimer. Europa Conference North. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Graven Birch is the one we want. I genuinely believe we will... Hossam Awar is a massive, huge target. Hossam Awar, Graven Birch is, but I don't think we'll get Graven Birch. Hossam Awar, as you said, France, definitely a chance to get 
uh, Hassamoa, even they're, they're crippled. Half of the half, most of the clubs in in France are for sale. Never mind the players; the clubs are for sale. So you know, um, Sancho, we are hundred percent in for. We've already made contact with his club, and I think you know everyone knows my opinions. And Mbappe, that's gone with the Champions League dream because you know he's not going to sign up for the Conference League or whatever you call it, European Conference League. Um, the strike, and I think it's going to be. I, 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 I. I'd say I'd go for Daniel Milan, the PSV one. It needs a number nine, doesn't it? It needs to be yeah. a number This Daniel Milan, just a quick overview on him. He's, look, PSV have got a history of creating, Phil will know, Keith will know, Jamie will know, creating some amazing strikers. We've had uh, Romario, Ronaldo. Um, mm. What's the Dutch one that one got injured? Bad injury. Dorkel. No, he's from final. There was another one, fuck's sake. But Rude long history. Don't encourage him, Chris. Rude, Don't encourage him. Rude, Rude, Rude van Nistelrooy. But there was another one that came, you know, through PSV. Roy McCoy. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. Roy McCoy. <laughs> but, but, but the point being is this guy's in the next, is, is the next sort of in that line of PSV number nines. Yeah. He's he fantastic. Good. Oh, he looks good. Yeah, yeah, he looks good. And we got to, I, I believe that we got to go We've got to go young. We've got to go energy. We've got to go pace. And I think he's yeah. he's a Bobby Firmino that scores goals. I think that'll excite <laughs> Phil. Yeah. He's a Bobby Firmino that scores goals. So that's where I'll, I'll end with I, I, can, can I just say, do you know another player I'd, I wouldn't be uh, against us going in big for? Odegaard. I think he's done very well since he's gone to Arsenal. I think he's neat and tidy. I think Jamie in his prime could do that. Like That's neat and tidy. Jamie, like, do you know what I mean? It's like... And that's, ex that's exactly what Jamie... That's exactly what... That's exactly what Genio and Alan has brought to that midfield over the last four to five years. And that's what you need. Reliability yeah. and somebody who comes up in the Pretext big moments. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't conversations think... as well, Phil, after the Arsenal game between Klopp and him, if you remember yeah. rightly. Yeah. He's a huge him. Liverpool yeah, fan. we do like him. He is, he is. He's a huge Liverpool fan. I don't find him dynamic enough, lads. I generally don't think he's got that dynamism that it's A, you need in the Liverpool team. You need to be have sort of, you need to have power and strength. His knee is tight. He's got a lovely touch. Not for me, but, you know, I could be wrong. Right, lads, on that note, Phil, you got a final comment before we wrap up? It was a big deep sigh there, mate, like you had something you wanted to leave us on. I just, if if we sell Mo Salah, I, I don't know if I can watch next season. No. Mo, Salah, Mo Salah is the only thing worth watching Liverpool for anymore. He's not I even know. on my list. I know we've got Bladen after my next count, 18 of them on it, and he yeah. has not run. I think he's safe. His shoulders are heavy from carrying the weight of the team. That guy is a is an incredible, mm. incredible striker. And well, the idea of entertaining selling him is is madness for me. It's true, yeah. but when it looks to contract renewals, like the the big hitters are all coming up for renewal, you know, and they won't be well, able Grizz, to. On that point, actually, Keith Grizz sent me uh, before the uh, before the pod some of the contracts that are up, and this is going to play a big part. I think Grizz is right to call we didn't, it out. We didn't even we didn't even get a chance. We didn't even, to yeah, we didn't even get a chance to, yeah. and we're we're. An hour and 20 in so uh just to call it out 2022 you got milner uh is the main one really there 2023 is where the big hitters come in so you got the likes of henderson van dyke Firmino, salah mané fabino i would say a lot of those are going to be tied down to big contracts so what impact could that have yeah, but it's just the idea just on to finish on salah the idea that we haven't put that contract in front of him, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Gerrard situation post-Champions League win. When your status is that high, just because you're a fantastic footballer and everyone makes tells you how great you are, 
it doesn't necessarily make you feel loved by the club. If Gerard didn't feel loved by the club and their inactivity post-Champions League, Salah would be the exact same that Liverpool aren't rolling out the red carpet and, 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 carpet and putting in a, a you know a, a serious contract offer in front of him, Phil, no? Look, I, I'd lock down Salah. As, as a Bears fan, I can't figure out why we haven't re-signed Alan Robinson at this stage, right? And they're, they're playing him on the franchise tag this year. And the, again... He's the best player and the best attacking player the Bears have. I'm looking at Mo Salah. He's probably in the top three players of all time with this club at this stage. I'm, I'm telling you now, right? This is how good this fella is. He's come in and he fundamentally changed this team. He took it from where we were, you know, except VVD came in and, and has added to it. But look before Van Dijk comes in. Salah's already doing his stuff. He's there, right? We're, we're in... We're, he he delivers something that we thought wasn't going to be possible after Suarez went. We spent about five years trying to find the Suarez replacement, and then we found a fellow that's even better. And he just keeps doing it. He's a machine. He's Cristiano Ronaldo. Like this, he, he's he's a Messi. He's a Cristiano Ronaldo. This yeah. is what he does for this for, for this team. And people give out about that he misses so many chances. A player that plays in the front line that scores twenty goals a season is doing more than what you expect him to do. Remember that Michael Owen never scored 20 Premier League goals in his whole career. And he's a winner. season. Exactly. Do you know what it is, Phil? I know we've talked about, I, I know we want to wrap it up, but this is such a, I think this is, I think this is the key decision point. Anything you want to describe it, this is the one for FSG this summer in terms of Mo Salah's contract because there is 100% a standoff there. Right, and we've seen Mo Salah's agent try to play out in the media, and Liverpool have been fuming with that, especially Jurgen Klopp, because he hates plays in in social media with contracts. You but remember Mo's the full stop? Was, was it the full stop that came out yeah, when he got subbed yeah. off? And Mo is in. Mo has every right, as Phil says, to demand a contract. So you see both sides of it, right? So they're saying, if you want a contract, we will deal with it in-house but Mo 100% doesn't feel love Jamie Jamie's point spot on very similarly to Steven Gerrard FSG are in a very tricky situation because they have to tie him down and again it's all about we're going to be stuck with him for 250 grand um, a week you can look at his age you look at everything and then you look at what's available this summer and only this summer lads Kylian Mbappe that's the only thing, in my opinion, opinion that's stopping us from rolling out the red carpet for Mo tomorrow and say, here's the contract you want, whatever you want, because of the lingering future of Kylian Mbappe. That's just my opinion. Right, what a place to what a place to leave it. Um, if that's not getting clipped at the end of this show, then then I don't know what's going on. A couple of housekeeping bits to to call out before we wrap up. Um, as we mentioned on a lot of the shows, uh, the website is up and running. If you have articles, opinions that you want to share, whether that's like we've done tonight, players you want to sign, players you want to get rid of, anything you want to send us at all, uh, fire it into lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com and we will get it up on the website right away. Um, Gav will also link 
at the Discord group in the description below this video. Come along, get involved in the chat. All the lads are on there. It's great crack. As I say every week, it's like Twitter without the idiots. So come and get involved um, <laughs> yeah. whenever, whenever you can. That's a good um, point, though. It is. There's no abuse. Uh, it's just good, good crack, and it's not just uh, focused on football as well. So, uh, yeah, do c- come and get involved. Um, in terms of subscribers, this is the big one, uh, big call out um, for, for us. We're very focused on trying to get to 10k. We're nearly there. I think we're at 9.3k, so we're not too far away. When we do hit the magical 10k, we will be get giving away a PS5 and FIFA 21 to one of our subscribers, and Grizz will be doing a show on his exercise bike. So, if that is not good enough reason for you to subscribe exactly what else what else could you want so please do subscribe if you haven't already or tell some of your friends i'll join sos if we get the 10k subscribers right (laughs) (laughs) wow i think we've just got the best of the lot can you imagine the voice of the fans philip casey I'll write, I'll, write, I'll write an open letter for them. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, final ask, lads, before Phil descends into total madness at this stage. Um, if you could please like this video, leave a comment underneath telling us what you thought, what you liked, and equally what you didn't like. We are trying to get better all the time, and we appreciate all the feedback, whether that is good or bad. So please do uh, send us your comments and your feedback below. Now, with that, lads, it's uh, 11.30. I'm going to be in the doghouse when I go downstairs. So I'm going to thank you all. Grizz, Phil, Philip, I should say. Philip, Keith. Uh, big thanks to everybody that's been watching, got involved in the comments. You're brilliant as always. With that, I hope you have enjoyed the show. Look after yourselves. What is that back man, into man box. doing? Jesus, <laughs> back into his box. And with that, stay safe. We will be back with you next Wednesday on the Midweek Fix. All the best. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's Power Cash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.